Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Once I hit him, I felt him just, you know, you know, just give out, and I just knew just had to stay on top of him. Rob That was vintage Jose Aldo, a guy that wants to do things on his own terms at this point in his career. Jose Aldo Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, Matt is still out. He's, uh, I think, in Disney with his family. So, uh, John Gooden, thanks for being here and co-hosting today. It's very appreciated. Oh, thanks for having me. You guys have had me on a couple of times before. So, uh, it's the least I could do. This is Big shoes to fill. I mean, I'm just warming the seat, but I'm happy to be here. We've got some great guests coming up, so I couldn't say no. Yeah, Matt, uh, I've never interviewed Jose Aldo before. Um, Font I've talked to, but uh, we have both of those guys today. I've never talked to Jose before, and he's always been one of my favorite fighters. So I'm happy to finally get a chance to speak to him. Yeah, I've been on the road a couple of times, and I, I do some producer work for the UFC. So during fight week, I tend to speak to the guys when they're doing their fight hype bits. So I get to sit sometimes like this far away from them when they're cutting weights when we're trying to get, you know, angry sound bites from them and stuff like that. And he's an intimidating guy because the language barrier is there as well. But at the same time, you always get different answers from guys like Jose Aldo that have been in a fight game for so long. So uh, interested to see what we can get out of him today. He's interesting too, because he, and I've mentioned him before. I forget who I was talking to last week. My memory is just going, it might've been this week about uh, how people are when they walk into the cage, the way fighters carry themselves, um, you know, there's some that play a real psychological game. And then you get a guy like Aldo who just, he basically just kind of looks down, uh, during the stare down and he doesn't seem to get involved with that at all. And the only time he really did was against Connor. And I thought it, it cost him cause it showed that Connor was in his head a little bit. Yeah. He's, he's got an aura. I, I used to do a, a show called inside the octagon and, uh, Dan Hardy and I would talk about certain fighters that had a voodoo, uh, guys like John Jones, for example. They were beating their opponents before they even got in. And I'm not saying that that's the case here for, for Rob Font, but like candidly, I think that you'd be a fool not to kind of labor on the fact that you're talking about one of the greatest fighters to grace the octagon, maybe the greatest Brazilian uh, that we've had in the UFC as well, an incredible champion. So, and he's still going. You know, he could add to his resume, which is frightening. Yeah, it's funny. Like, Jose is one of those guys where, you know, you think because I've been watching him for so many years, you know, you look at the age, you expect it to be 58. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's only 35. Like, he's still, a, he's got a couple of really, really good prime years left. Yeah, and that's just great for us fight fans. This this new version of Aldo, like, 
how is he doing this? Like he's he doesn't he's not giving away the secrets, you know. There's there's a few out there, you know, Frankie Edgar uh, dropping down again. Like I don't know how these guys are doing. I, and I don't know about you, Jim. Like I'm into my forties now as well, and everything's harder. Getting out of bed in the morning's harder. These guys are are making career choices where it's going to take ridiculous levels of discipline in a time when they've already earned their credibility. They've they've reached the highest highs, but there's something within them that just makes them different. I guess that's why we celebrate them in the way that we do. Yeah, I'm 53. And I literally, when I get out of bed in the morning, the first 10 steps hurt, like until my blood gets flowing. And I've noticed that recently, like when I take my first 10 steps, just like, ow, it's really uncomfortable. And then the blood moves. I don't know if that's the sign of a problem or if it's just, that's what happens when you hit 50. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. You should maybe get that checked out. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, all right, Jose's not 50, but we've seen the likes of Glover Teixeira and what he's been able to do. And even Jan Wachowicz, who held the title before. It's yeah. just ridiculous feats of human engineering, if you like. And the, the way that they're able to carry on in these years. And, but mentally, it's not just the physical side, is it? Because they've done everything, pretty much, you know? But they still have that ridiculous competitiveness that drives them to the gym every day. I wonder what changed too, because like at one point guys like uh, Randy Couture were an anomaly, like fighting for as long as he fought and into the age that he fought. And then you see DC do it. And, and again, uh, Teixeira and there's other guys who are kind of getting up into that age that are still really looking good. Um, and I don't know what's changed if it's just that, uh, treatments have changed or um, they heal better after, after fights. Now, I don't know exactly what changed, but it seems like guys are going much longer. Yeah, I think it's there's a package thing to this. I did a, a few years ago now, I, I did a season of triathlon. And because there's a lot of money in triathlon, a bunch of middle-aged folk get involved. It's the kind of, they got a bit of cash and they're throwing it all on a fancy bike and stuff. But it's not just that. It attracts really high-level coaches that have been affiliated with Olympic programs, etc. And because people have money, they're now finding about this science and they're taking care of their bodies in different ways. And respectfully to mixed martial arts, I've been in this game for a long time now, but you, you're drinking just a bit of water, maybe coconut water at best after a crazy workout, not the electrolytes, not the salts and these sorts of things. And they're just like small gains. Now we see things like the UFC PI and then, you know, not UFC branded places, but certainly in the US on, on every corner, I think you, you've probably got some rehabilitation center to help with that recovery. And it's it's now a bit more affordable. We know more about it. Cryotherapy, you know, infrared saunas, as well as you know, other stuff in terms of rehabilitating. Add that on to better technical training and now a just a, an overall ledger of how best to train for mixed martial arts. And that's why we're seeing fighters get so much success as they get deeper into their thirties. Are you, are you doing uh, the fight this Saturday? No, 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 no. I, I don't get to travel over. You know, I'm stuck out here in the international space outside of the U S when it comes to my, my UFC contract. So until oh. this world starts to settle down a little bit, and the UFC start flying around the world again, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be seeing a microphone. Oh, okay. So you're, you're basically staying, you're in England, right? Yes. Yes. And then, and you've been going to uh, Abu Dhabi. That's been a lifesaver for okay. me, J just in every which way, you know, sanity, professionally, financially, and they've been great. They've been really, really 
really good fun and like really hard work. But it's been incredible to see what the UFC team can achieve when you stack multiple events in a real short space of time. Right. And everyone's got to pull for one another when you're over there. And there's, there's a great sense of achievement. And we've had just some blisteringly good fights over the last couple of years. And it's just all worked out. The risks that the team took, Dana and his team. Yeah. Good Lord, have they paid off and dividends as well. Yeah, I remember first hearing about Fight Island, and I, I want to say that it was going to open in July of 2020, if I, my memory might be a little off on that. But I remember thinking, ah, I don't know, Dave, it's, it's, it's going to be wrapping up by then. And boy, did I not know. I just, I, I was so wrong how much time was left and how that really, there's more fights now than there were before the pandemic because they're fighting every, it seems like every weekend there's something, if it's, if it's a fight night or if it's at the Apex or if it's a, a pay-per-view. So I'm, I'm like, as a fan, I'm really, really happy that they found a way to do it. It's just incredible how the planning of the UFC, and of course they could never foresee this, but the, the building of the apex and everything that goes around it, the investment that, again, that Dana and his team must have made a commitment to build something like that, which is no, no cheap deal, right. I'm, I'm sure, but it, God, it must have paid back and some just in the last couple of years alone. So very, very lucky, very shrewd moves. It just goes to show what a, what a well-run business the, the UFC is to be able to pivot the way that they do. And they also, it, it helps, like you don't have to wait around to see, all right, well, you know, uh, number one is supposed to fight number three. What's going to happen? We have to wait eight months. There's so much business you can take care of um, as far as getting the right fights lined up by giving guys matchups. Um, who is Leon Edwards fighting next, by the way? I, I just, I, Leon Edwards cannot, didn't Masvidal just drop out? I, I have to, uh, he's, I keep saying it. I sound like a broken record because I'm obviously like the, the UK guy over here. We've got Michael Bisping on your side of the pond, but like, tell me who's been as unlucky, you know, and I've gone to see Leon as well. So I'm the guy that goes to film the, the features just before his fight. So I went and did that. I went and did the shoot with Leon ahead of Masvidal sat, as I said before, like, you know, just uh, within footsie distance of him and was asking him all the difficult, awkward questions that stuff that Masvidal was bringing up. And he goes through that process with people like me answering all the questions, getting ready for a five round fight. And then they're nothing, no end product. Now he's racing buggies in the desert in Dubai and good luck to him. You know, I don't know what his next move is. He seems to, be hashtagging everything strap season 2022, whether he's alluding to the fact he wants to set, sit out and be the next guy for the for the title. I really don't know, but he's he's steadfast. He's he's not someone that's easily um bent away from his ambitions, you know. And I think he's he tries to be smart for his own career. And then, you know, some people have issue with that. This is a fight that I really I've been wanting to see for I guess three years now. Um, and I think everybody's kind of wanted to see this fight. And I'm, it's just it's heartbreaking that it's just not gonna not gonna happen. And he wouldn't be crazy if he said he wanted to wait for a shot at the belt either. I mean, what, I, I want to say he's one. Is it nine or ten straight? Um, yeah, Bilal well, Muhammad. That, yeah, apart from the Bilal fights, you know. Right. Yeah, so it's it's a really impressive win streak. But now the guys are catching up. That's the thing because of the inactivity. And he knows this, but Luque Vicente, you know, Vicente Luque, sorry. He's, they had an incredible fight back in the day. Leon, Leon got his arm raised on that night. But since that time, he's, he's looked great, you know. And, and I don't know, you, you, you just got these other contenders that are shaping up. And they're in, they have 
fight highlights within the last few months and the fans we're getting new fans all the time and, and without the activity it's just really frustrating for Leon and his fan base yeah I, I don't blame him and Matt and I we we just we always talk about Leon Edwards and how again because he's a quieter guy he's a bit unsung uh, as to how good he is and uh the Diaz fight was obviously a, a huge huge fight and I'm looking to see if he's if he's uh has he fought um, uh, Colby or Gilbert? He has not. Uh, he did. Uh, I know he lost to Kamara, but he has not uh, fought Colby or Gilbert. I mean, there's a couple of good fights there if he wants them. I don't know if Colby would would take that, but after that uh, loss, what does Colby do now? Yeah, well, I think with Colby, the way that the scheduling is, Leon will be looking at that going, well, you, you know, surely I get Kamaru because of the calendar, how that works. It did make sense to me if, if it wasn't going to happen, then maybe Gilbert... Uh, slotting in of course at the time when back in the day you know Gilbert was a lightweight fighter so he wasn't even in the same uh same weight division we sometimes forget that but this uh the welterweight Gilbert went on a a significant tear uh, just the amount of fights he was able to stack up and that's that's what I mean you know Leon's been taking the the solid routes um diligently going about his business with those you know a couple of fights a year and then he had a, a bad couple of years but guys like Gilbert like fighting every other week they're just going to steal the headlines. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, you know, look, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Usman can't fight anytime soon. And he said, he, I think he said he wanted to take a little time off, right? To spend some time with his family yeah. in the holidays. That would have been music to Leon's ears, right? Oh, yeah. That would have been the dagger again. Like, you know, come on now, please. Yeah, I would love that. We have uh, Rob Font in the waiting room. Let's bring in Rob. It'll be good to uh, good to talk to him. This episode of UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by Crypto.com, the official crypto partner of UFC. You've definitely seen their logo on our UFC gear. And crypto is something I'm getting into, so this is really a helpful, helpful site. With over 10 million users around the world, Crypto.com is the fastest growing crypto app, letting you easily buy and sell more than 150 cryptocurrencies. You can even buy Bitcoin with as little as $1. Crypto.com also offers the most popular crypto card in the world. The Crypto.com Visa card offers up to 8% back on most purchases and it comes with amazing perks. 100% rebate for your Netflix, Spotify, and Amazon Prime subscriptions. If you already own some crypto, did you know that Crypto.com offers some of the most competitive reward rates of the industry? You can get up to 8.5% on your Bitcoin or Ethereum, 12% on your USDC, and more. Find out how much you can earn by visiting Crypto.com. Get $25 when you apply for a Crypto.com Metal Visa card on the Crypto.com app using code UFC 25. Again, it's $25 when you apply for the card using code UFC 25. It's first come, first serve, so act fast. Download the Crypto.com app now on the App Store or Google Play. You want to train like a UFC athlete? I know I do. Climber provides a full body strength plus cardio workout with zero impact right in the comfort of your own home. Burn up to 670 calories. Wow. In just 30 minutes with this state-of-the-art connected vertical climbing machine. Step up your workout game as you utilize up to 86% of your muscles in each workout. You'll never have to worry about arm and leg days ever again. Now you can do them both in one day. Join the climber now. That's C-L-M-B-R community and compete on the leaderboard or just compete with yourself with personal benchmarks and train with some of the best instructors on the planet. Inside hook called climber, creative, well-made and fun. And if you stick with it, there's 
Not a shred of doubt in my mind that it's very good at getting people into great shape as the official climbing machine of UFC. Climber is now available to the best MMA promotion in the world. Now UFC athletes working out in the Performance Institute can get Climber ready. Reach for greatness today by using code UFC to save $250 on your Climber order. Visit Climber.com to learn more. That's C-L-M-B-R, C-L-M-B-R.com to learn more. going on boys how you doing man how are you buddy good how you doing doing well um how are you feeling great man great ready here in the hotel just hanging out right now about to do uh some media but i'm feeling great bro what are you expecting out of uh of, of aldo are you expecting him to want to uh to box with you or are you expecting him to to go back to uh uh the leg kicks which he seems to have gotten away from a lot and i just i could never figure out why he kind of stopped doing that incredible thing that he did for so long um yeah i think it's gonna be a little bit of uh that you know the classic aldo that big right hand left foot low kick you know uh that classic aldo Mixed in with some wrestling. You expect him to try to wrestle you. Do you think it's because he saw the Marais fight? Um, and, and he said, oh, maybe I can have success if I if I shoot early, thinking you're not going to expect it? Yeah, I do, I do. Uh, especially I got taken down a couple of times in the Cody fight. Um, you know, so I, I do think, uh, you know, it's, I think, not just him, I think it's anybody kind of most likely game plan is to kind of like uh, get me there just a little bit. Even if they're not trying to keep it there, just to kind of mix it up and get me there just a little bit. But I do believe, you know, if I, if I, if I, uh, not necessarily him, but I think if I hurt anybody or, you know, people are going to start shooting. And, um, you know, I think once I get my range and, and, and start frustrating him, um, I think he, he's going to end up shooting. Bro, how's it going? It's been a while, man. How's things? What's up? What's up, man? How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. What's with you and all those Brazilians? You can't, <laughs> like, it's like you versus Brazil again. What's happening? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. It's like it's like I picked the picked the fight with Brazil or something, where they keep sending them. They keep sending them. Yeah, they have indeed. Well, listen, this is this is a big, this is a potentially big catch, right? They don't get much bigger than Jose Aldo. And I know you're a guy that's dived into the archives over the years. You you've enjoyed watching not just MMA and old school fights, but a whole bunch of disciplines. So, with that, I, I always I'm always interested to know how you would feel about going up against someone like. Jose Aldo, that's made such an such a, an indelible mark on our sport. Yeah, this is uh, this is huge. Um, you know, I, I started off getting into MMA watching the WEC, and um, you know, he he was obviously he was the king back then as well. And um, you know, so I've been watching him and looking up to him for a while now. And then um, you know, I just never really thought it would go down, especially him fighting at uh, you know, forty five, and I was at thirty five in the UFC. So it was kind of like. Never, never really on my radar until he made that drop. And even then, I was still kind of like, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to make the weight because I, I remember a time when he was struggling to make 45. So I was like, man, I'm not sure he can make the weight. But once he done it twice, I was like, all right, this is a potential matchup. Um, so I kind of stopped, you know, watching all his stuff and just, you know, focused on right, this is how instead of uh, watching instead of uh, as kind of a fan, instead of like, how do we break this down and, and, and uh, pick this guy apart and. You know, and it's just kind of blessed and, and grateful for having this opportunity to fight a guy like this. It's kind of like, you know, they always ask you, who would you want to fight? You know, guys like Bruce Lee, Ali, and all those type of guys. And it's kind of like, you know, you would be, you could throw Aldo in there, you know, it's kind of who would you, and then I, I get that opportunity to actually do that. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful for this opportunity. Um, 
you know, this guy has a huge following. He has uh, a lot of uh, experience. Um, and, um, you know, they, people are saying that he's, he's old and, and he's washed up. And I'm like, you guys are crazy, man. He's only 35 years old. I'm, he's only a year older than me, you know, so it's not like he's old. He's, it seems like he's old because he's been in the game for so long and he ha- he maybe have a, has a lot more, obviously, wear and tear on, on him than I do. But I'm expecting a young, hungry Jose Alba coming out, throwing big right hands, left hooks, and chopping that low kick. And, and um, you know, that's the guy I'm preparing for. And, um, yeah. Uh, I'm just excited. Again, I'm, I'm blessed and grateful to have this opportunity. And um, I plan on going out there and taking full advantage of it. It's funny, Rob, too. We were, John, I was just talking about that before you came on, about how you, we feel like you, you think he's older because he's been around for so long and he's been, you know, at the top for so long and he's been talked about in championship contention for so long, but he really is not that old. He really, 35 years old, there's plenty of good fight time left. 100%. So, uh, you know, and I keep that in the back of my mind. I'm like, you guys are crazy. They're saying he's slower. I'm like, I don't know, man. He he looked pretty quick in that Munoz fight, you know. And and you know, so I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you guys are saying. Like, I know you guys are trying to be motivating and positive and all that shit, but like, I I, I don't believe that. So I'm expecting a quick, sharp, experienced guy that um that has power in both hands and and, and a serious leg kick. So um, this is a, this is a tough fight. Um, obviously, I, I want to get in there and get out as soon as possible, but. I'm also prepared to go five rounds. You know, he is durable as well. You know, he went, um, you know, he was going at it for a few with Peter Yan, um, you know, and he, I believe that went to the fourth round. Um, the Marlon Marais fight went all three. Um, and then the Cheeto and, and uh, Munoz fight went all three. So it's not like he's getting in there and getting destroyed. And, and he's getting finished by guys like Max Holloway, you know. So it's kind of like he's durable. He's, 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 uh, Again, he's, a, he's experienced. He's been there. He's done that. So um, this is a hard fight. Is a I think Piotr is the fifth round, actually. I, I, I could be right. I think that I think so. Yeah. So even again, it's, he he made it all to the fifth round. I believe he even kind of got hurt to the body in the first in the early round. So again, this guy, um, he's been there. He's done that. He finds ways to win. And um, you know, I just can't let the this opportunity slip slip through the cracks. I know that you you guys sit down and do your homework and i'm interested it's a pretty specific question rob but you know I me mean? i like my geeky questions i'm just looking at the body of work that jose aldo's done how far back do you go and what versions are you looking at because obviously you have two weight classes do you look at at jose aldo through a different lens at 145 to what you do 135 where's that cut off um i think for me it was more of a the max fight the, uh, the volkanovsky fight and then obviously all his fights for uh, at 35. Um, I paid attention to those the most because um, there's so many, you know, like, there's so many, like you like, you get overwhelmed and lost in them. But for, I think it was the Volk fight and definitely the Max Holloway fights. Uh, I think kind of like, kind of got a similar style to, to Max with the length and, and the, the amount of uh, um, straight punches I throw. Um, and then the Volkanovski fight was more like kind of the movement, the inside touches and um, pushing him against the fence. And then obviously, watching all of his fights at 35, which, you know, not much has changed, but there is a little difference between how he fought at 45 and at 35. And you wonder too, because you, you mentioned, you alluded to the, the losses. He had three straight losses recently. And you wonder how hard is that? To, I'm amazed when somebody can come back from three straight losses, especially when it's a little bit later in the game, because that's got to be a confidence shaker where you have to start thinking like, can I still do this on this level when you're losing to the top guys? What, how does that affect you? And for him to come back and look as amazing as he's looked in his last two fights is really impressive. Yeah, yeah, no, again, like I said, I think that's, um, you know, I think it's, it, it comes with fighting the best in the world. And, and again, I think it's, you know, 
straight three straight losses, but against the best guys in the world, it's not, you know, it's like it's like you got you can't overlook that. And then and then again, you know, um I think his experience and his and, and being a veteran, um and, and, and you know, obviously making the smart decision, I guess, to drop to thirty five and and doing it and doing it safely, um, kind of gives him like a new uh like reinvents him, I guess you would say. And then he obviously he goes out there and and, and uh I believe it's what uh three or was he two and two in the in 35 of it? So he's two and two. So he, he put two together and and um he's against the top guys. You know, you saw what Cheeto did against Frankie not too long ago. And then Munoz again, he's he's um he's always in a tough fight. And um, but yeah, I think um I think I'm in I'm I'm in for a classic Aldo fight. And uh you're you're false positive. Um I, that's you know, you don't necessarily see them as definitive as yours was. Can you talk about how that felt and exactly what that was for you? Yeah, it it was um, you know, it was the highs and the lows of the sport. I went from going, through, you know, going to my first main event, winning it, and then a couple of weeks later, getting getting flagged for for uh, a substance. Uh, cl- cl- uh, I can't even pronounce the damn fucking word, but or sanitizing. You know, I'm like, I'm like, all right, what the hell is that? And then um, come, you know, after everything, after all the research, and we basically. Uh, you know, we wrote down and, and and sent in a 30 page document of what we took the week prior to the uh, fight week and everything we took on fight week. And and it came down to uh, basically it was the lotions, um, the hairspray and the sunscreen I, I was using. And, um, you know, it just it was unfortunate. I'm like, oh, come on, this can't be what I'm, you know, so I'm dealing with. I got because they were talking like if we don't figure out what it is, we're talking we're looking at a year to six months. I'm like, oh, come on, this can't be true. Like, I just. I, you know, my whole, my whole career has been more about me not being active and I finally get on the winning streak and I got to wait another whatever because of, you know, some type of chemical and, um, you know, Donna and Jeff, they were, they were fighting for me. They were behind me the whole time. And, and then, um, you know, we finally figured out what it was. Um, and ba- so basically they just kind of like, they just raised the level of how they test for, uh, uh, for that chemical how and how do, doesn't it feel like when you know you haven't done something and you're like but I, I really didn't like it and people are like yeah bullshit like it's it's got it even when you're innocent it's probably very frustrating to try to get people to listen to that yeah um it definitely is but i, I honestly I, I didn't get any like any like people coming at me saying um you know there's no way even even cody garbrandt you know like they were like there was nothing you know there's nothing kind of like hinting that I was cheating. If anything, it was more of like um, support for me and just a bunch of messages telling me that I should sue WADA in the USADA and USC for like even going through this. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. But, uh, you know, uh, it was a lot of, it was great support coming my way. Who'd have thought you'd have nearly paid the ultimate price for a wonderful skincare routine? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is know, that you know, I'm like, I'm coming from, I'm coming from New England and coming to Vegas and I'm like, I'm dry. You know, my lips are all cracked up. My skin is all dry. I'm like, come on, I'm putting as much lotion as possible. And like, and it's funny because the two, I'm like, I'm like, I, I can vividly remember like before leaving to the arena at the hotel, just getting all the lotion all over me when I got out the shower and then went straight to the hotel, I mean, to the, to the apex. I'm like, I had a lot of lotion on me. So it was, it was pretty, it was pretty uh, obvious that it was definitely the lotion I was using. And how do you get USADA to believe that? Like, uh, when you find out what it is, how do you go, no, no, it really is this combination of things and not me uh, taking anything? It was it was a combination of uh, my manager and, and Coach Tyson and, and my girlfriend, Catherine, um, just kind of putting together a, a great document, uh, documentation of everything we put together. And then Donna and Jeff kind of like 
using what they knew and and they're using all their resources to kind of like try this look for that and then they they finally came up with the, with the certain chemicals so it was it was more of like we as a team went out there and figured out this it wasn't necessary i had to prove it myself when, when you're dealing with like chemicals like especially in a lotion or a, uh, a skincare or hair care is everything listed on the bottle or do you have to like go a level deeper to find out every single thing that's in it Yep, it was listed on the bottom. They're like, look for this, they're like, look for this, look for this, look for that. And then it was like, and then like, I remembered my, my girlfriend's like, yes, I found it. It is like, bomb. And then she was like, it was in everything. It was in the the, the lotion, the hairspray, the gel, the, um, it was everything, the shampoo. It was, it was everywhere. And, um, and then, um, yeah, and it was just like, right, cool. So once we got that, we sent them those products. They, um, they went out there and bought the products themselves. Um, and then they just started running all the tests. They even uh, put the lotion on their cells. They they took uh, well, well, my bad, not Jeff and Donna, but the the, the camp, uh, the lab. They had people go in there, put lotion or buy the lotion, put it on them, and um, take a urine sample, retest, and 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 uh, it was, so it was pretty cool. We actually um, helped out a, a figure skater that was dealing with the same exact situation um, that she was going through. She was actually suspended, and then till my case came up, and they're like, all right, um, and they overturned her. Um, uh, her case with the same same thing and it was kind of like um so that that was pretty cool to help out a fellow athlete and and but yeah that it was full support from all the labs from donna from jeff and, and obviously my team um was kind of like necessary i want to say easy but it, it it was a pretty easy process once we we did the work and how far into that do you start stop looking at supplements or 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 food at what point do you go i should look at the lotion the toothpaste like how how far into it do you start going fuck this is not we're not finding this answer yeah it was it was tough man it, it was probably like in the second week i'm like oh man i don't even know what's going on like how what am i we're throwing a bunch of stuff out we was we was even because i took a lot of I was, I was drinking a lot of beets um or eating and drinking a lot of beet juice um that week we're thinking it's the it was in the beets it was this we're looking at everything um so i'm, I'm just one sec rob but the, when you started on the beet the beet juice like how frightening and terrifying is it when you start peeing when you just start introducing <laughs> yeah, yeah, beets yeah, into yeah. your diet? Yeah, it was like, I'm like, what's all? Oh, is everything okay? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's horrible too. Like uh, we're looking at the carrots. I'm looking at kale. I'm thinking. I'm trying to like. I'm trying to find everything. Um, every supplement. Um, we was even looking at like what what could potentially the cleaning products that the hotel used. Um, you know, pesticides that maybe that, uh, you know, like maybe that got um, sprayed onto the, the oh, wow. beans or anything. Yeah, we're looking at everything. I'm like, because it, it, it was suck because we, we were taking a lot of much of organic stuff. So we're thinking like maybe hopefully, and it, it was just every possible thing you could think of we was looking at and uh, ended up being obviously the lotions and everything. But we looked up and down through everything you could potentially think of. So after that, now you're basically getting a little sprayer, putting it in a lemon, then <laughs> a little peppermint oil to brush your teeth, and yeah. all natural. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. what's in these products, yeah. though, right? Yeah, There's yeah, some yeah. Mad stuff yeah. in there. So I'm trying to like, obviously, if it's a, if it's a paragraph on the bottom, I'm trying not to even use it or even look at it. Um, you know, paying attention to obviously what I take as far as supplements. Um, uh, obviously, the lotions, the shampoos, the toothpaste. Which, paying attention to that. I think we have a kind of a good idea of what, what, what I can and can't take and just kind of keeping it boring to a, a certain amount of like lotions, a certain amount of uh, toothpaste, hairsprays, um, 
even the Listerine I'm looking at, you know, I'm like, what, what, what kind of mouthwash am I I'm using? Um, I don't take anything anymore from anybody as far as like, uh, like if I go to a hotel, I'm not using the lotions. I'm not using the toothpaste. If um, uh, I bring everything with me, I'm, I'm packaging everything. Uh, I'm, I'm reading everything. So it's tough. And it's like, it's like all of, because again, like I'm never trying to go through this again. Like I was like, I'm about to do a year to six months for some fucking lotion. You know? And not even, I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, I, it was a, for a chemical that I didn't even know I was taking and it ended up being lotion. But yeah, it was, it was a scary, it was a scary moment. Um, it was scary for us for a second there. And it shows you how, how incredibly uh, hard to fool those tests it is. If, if, if it's picking up a lotion, in a urine sample and you wonder like you said there was a figure skater have any other fighters had problems with this in the past and actually served a full suspension not having thought to look at their lotion or hair care products yeah yeah so again if you pay attention to everything everything lotion even like i even like if if my girlfriend put some stuff i'm like i might i kiss her right now just just because i'm like i'm not trying to like go through this again like so yeah, if I oh young God. fighters, I'm like, yeah, crazy. Yeah, get away from me. It's affecting everything. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like you put too much stuff on your face. Like I, I can't do it because it's it's uh yeah, it was scary for a second. So pay attention to everything, man. I'm I'm kind of guessing. Sorry, sorry, I'm good. sort of guessing that this is this gave you like a a very much an unwanted hangover, so that you couldn't enjoy that wonderful main event right. victory that you had as well, bro. Because I was looking at the stats and the stat that I love that the UFC put out is strike differential, which means being able to dish it out, but not taking anything in return. And I think you had like the third best in the banter, in bantamweight history from that fight, which is an incredible stat with the, the sorts of characters we've, we've had in the bantamweight division over the years. So I just feel sorry for you. It sounds like you weren't even able to kind of revel in your victory and had to deal with this stuff. Yeah, it was tough, man. It was tough, um, especially because like when they first started uh, looking to like look at any type of like like brain drive or brain like like stuff that helps you focus. And I'm like, all right, look for stuff like that. And like it was funny because like in in the fight, they're like, you can hear Tyson like, man, I'm loving what you're doing. You keep staying focused. You look so focused right now. So I'm thinking like, man, they're gonna use this against me. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like they're gonna go and pull this up. And like I was lasered in, and, and it was like. You know, let's try to let's try to obviously hit this guy as many times as possible and not get hit. And you know, obviously that was that's the game plan for everything. But for that fight, it was just on fire that night, and it was just, you know, then it all it could have all been you know like tarnished by just the wrong you know wrong test and and or the wrong product, and it was just it was unfortunate. Well, Rob, good luck on uh, Saturday night, December the 4th. Obviously, the main event is you and Jose Aldo, UFC Fight Night, Font vs. Aldo. It's at the Apex in Vegas, and uh, I, I can't wait to see this fight. And uh, you sound great, man. I'm happy everything worked out after that last one. Uh, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again. Man, thanks again for having me on, guys. Am I thing or what? We hear you, Matt, but I can't see you. Oh, that's so depressing. I know. And they, we need a visual. Yeah. Definitely it need really, a visual. It would be great to have a visual. I see you guys. You look great. Thank you. <laughs> do, do you hear the roller coasters? Yeah, I do. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, you sound like there's a tremendous amount of fun. Well, listen, man, I'm not going to keep you guys long. You can't even hear me. We hear you. We, can, we, we just can can't hear see you. You hear me, but you can't see me, so I don't know what to do about that. Oh, here we go. Ah, there he is. Hey, buddy. Do you see me? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I don't, 
I don't see you fuckers. Well, you're not missing much. Um, <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> I did my hair. I got a nice top on and everything. <laughs> hey, man. I'm at Universal. Is that next to Disney? Is that where that is in Florida? Yo, Disney's, Disney blows, bro. Let me tell you something. It, it, the fucking lines, I was on a, we were on line for almost two hours. You come to Universal, I mean, you get one of those express passes, no lines. Boom, you're walking, you're getting right to the front of it. But listen, I miss you, first of all. I miss you too. By, by the way, how long are you in Florida for? I'm going down to Florida Friday for a Saturday festival. Yeah, yeah I'm out of here Sunday. Where are you going to be in Florida? Boca. I don't know even know where that is. But listen, I also have to, I have a beef. I have a beef, and I'm going to talk about this mm. on on uh, on Monday on, on on the show for Tuesday show. Kevin Smith, who I'm a big fan of, love him. Yeah. Now he made a career. He, clerks, mall rats. Johnny, you with me on this? I'm with you. I'm with you. I love these movies. Yeah. Let's fast forward to lately. All right. I love Jay and Silent Bob. The sequel, dog shit. Oh, just a woke mess. Now, besides that, he did something. He did a thing where on Netflix, where he he uh he did a he, Masters of the Universe Revelation. Now that's a you know I grew up on He Man, Johnny. I mean, listen, man. Listen, I know you might be saying that you're an adult and you got a beef with a a kids cartoon. One, it's not a kids cartoon. Very adult. A lot of sexual innuendos in this in this show that he did. You know, Evil Lynn, she had to get the power thing from, from Skeletor. She, she's like, hey, let's do our, our, our second favorite pastime. And she gets them to put down the power so they could screw. Weird shit. But my point is this. It's a fucking Peeler show. It's not even about He-Man. It's shit. It's fucking shit. And this is my problem with it. This is my problem with it. This guy, Kevin Smith, he had live shows. Like, like you'd sell out like yeah, whatever he fell out theaters. Yep. But he and, and what he do was he would bitch about all pop culture things like 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 um, George Lucas having Greedo shooting first. He'd be making fun of that. He's all right. the stuff that us nerds. He was one of us. Yep. And he would talk about Tim Burton not getting Batman and how he actually Batman and, and Tim Burton and him had a Tim Burton's like well people know I don't even, you know watch Batman. And, and Kevin Smith's like, well, that's my point. You're shitting on my childhood type of thing. He became what he hated. Do you understand? I, I you it. it is shit. Well, Matt, I haven't he seen it. Be- I, I know people complained, but I was very happy with what he did because it annoyed. You did not watch it. No, but I was just so happy when I heard that he annoyed all the He-Man fans. I was, I couldn't have been happier. But don't you, well, for, well you're, you're an evil little bird, Jimmy. You got, <laughs> you got a dark little heart. Listen to me. He he became what he hated. He used to make fun of all these Hollywood people uh, who do, who didn't get it. You understand? He was a pop culture fucking like he got it, man. All his movies, more rats. He'd have the little comic book uh, lines in there that only us geeks would get. And now this fucking took away Demon's manhood, just destroyed him. Made it the Teela show. Her and a girlfriend. I have nothing against anybody. Right. But my point is this. Don't fuck with the law. Get your act together. Kevin Smith, what happened to you? 
Shame. Well, I, I liked, I thought, he, I thought he went in the right direction with that. And I'm not just saying that because he's put me in two films and he's a really good friend. I'm happy he went into that. And by the way, though, let's, let's do a little test, Matt. What's your favorite Ghostbusters? What, Ghostbusters? Yeah. What's your favorite version? Yeah, he did the uh, the new one. I seen the new one. It wasn't bad. Okay, because I, I the, the you probably like the same one I do. And John, the the uh, Melissa McCarthy Leslie Jones version. That's my favorite version of Ghostbusters. You're John, John. I don't know if you know about Jimmy, but he can be a bit of a bully, <laughs> and, he, and he likes to mess with my emotions. You know what I, I mean? There's hold no on, way hold you're on, a, hold on. You're not emotional, Matt. There's no way you're an emotional guy. I'm Johnny. I'm even more emotional. You got nice facial hair. Can I see Jimmy again really quick? Jimmy. Oh, wait, what? Jimmy, what is going on? What the fuck? Is this for a movie role? Well, no, it's one of two things is either happening. I'm either having a complete meltdown at age 53. Yes. Or I'm taping a, another character podcast I do, and he always has awful facial hair. So for like a week, I have to look really horrible. Okay. Or both. It Listen, could be a combination. You, gotta, you look good. You, Jimmy, you hold. You, Thank you, you. You can pull that off. But really <laughs> quick, this is what I want to say to the, to the still the geeks out there that they're looking for something. They're on Netflix. This is what you do. Skip, I'm going to save you. Get past that whole Masters of the Universe debacle and check out uh, Super Crooks. I don't even like anime, but I like this shit. It's from Mark Millard, and he's uh, he did Kick-Ass. He did... Uh, Jupiter's Legacy that was a live-action superhero thing that didn't go over too well, but I kind of enjoyed it. But it's that same kind of universe. Jimmy, just bear with me. Oh, God, yeah, I know I'm nerd, hashtag, I'm still dangerous. But listen to me. This, this, is a good, this is a good anime cartoon movie. A lot of violence, sex, the whole nine. Very cool, edgy. I dig it. And I'm not even into anime. Watch that. Watch Super Crooks over Kevin Smith's fucking disgusting take. I'm gonna... What about Fisto? He totally fucked Fisto. He got all of a sudden he's killing guys. I don't know what the fuck's the matter with him. I'm all for female empowerment. I got three daughters. I love that scene in Marvel when all the women stand up. I'm for it. But what the fuck? Do a Tila movie, asshole. Why are you fucking with He-Man? And where the fuck is Ram Man when we need him? And not for nothing. Sorry, guys. Not for anything. This character, he just they come in. Oh, oh, he's gonna have a, a, a time in, in 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 the fucking uh, in the sun. This is gonna be his moment. I just kills him off. He turns a fucking zombie. I'm not gonna say anymore. I like the woke uh, he man. I thought Skeletor should have been a blogger who is easily offended by people's language and comedies. I'm I'm happy with the direction. I'm a big fan of the direction. Kevin Smith from <laughs> 20 years ago. Kevin Smith from 20 years ago would look at this new woke Kevin. Be like. Anyway, guys, right. I love you guys. Um, how's Rob Font doing? Good. He's good, man. He sounded really good. And um, we're talking to Jose in a little while too. I've never interviewed him, so I'm kind of happy we get a chance to talk to Aldo, who I've who I've only met once briefly, and I've been such a fan of for so long. But Font sounded great. Hey, man, I'm a big fan of Aldo. Yeah. Not a, not a. I didn't love his movie of his life, but hey, man, I didn't really make it through it. But the thing oh. is this. You know, hopefully a Rob Font movie of his life is better than... Don't get the same... Don't get whoever directed the fucking other guy's movie. But listen, I'm here to spread positivity. Guys. Yes. I miss you guys. Johnny, uh, nice to talk to you, man. Yeah. Listen, is there anything that you want us to ask Jose Aldo? Yes. I'm warming oh, you. Talk, I thought you talked to Jose Aldo. No, no, no. He's coming up. He's coming okay. up shortly. 
Don't bring up that I was shitting on his movie. No. He had a movie of his life. That's a major thing. I think that lately he's been looking phenomenal. And uh, I think he, I, I think um, I think there's going to be an amazing fight with him and Rob Font. I have, I have nothing to ask. Okay. I'll leave that to you guys. Well, the heavy lift. Is it safe to allow you back into the theme park now after this? You feel you sound like you're a little, you know, affected by uh, yeah by this whole experience, this viewing experience. Are we good? Oh, no, man, I'm good. I just got <laughs> nauseous, man. I went on this the fucking crazy roller coaster with my firstborn. And, you know, she wants to do it. My wife didn't want to do it. I took one for the team. And now I need some Tums. But besides that, man, I'm having a blast. And I'm going to be back next week for everybody that listens. And uh, that's it, man. Wonderful. Matt, have a safe trip and enjoy yourself. And uh, I miss you, buddy. I'll see you in a few days. Take care, Jimmy. Miss you, too. Bye, John. All right, pal. Bye, everybody. Enjoy yourself, Matt. Later, guys. This episode of UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by P3, the official protein snack of the UFC. P3 portable protein packs are a savory and crunchy combination of three dynamic sources of protein from meat, cheese, and nuts. Each P3 pack contains up to 13 grams of protein, and they come in great tasting combinations like turkey, almond, and Colby Jack. P3, three dynamic ways to fuel your day with protein-packed meat, cheese, and nuts, because three is better than one. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Jose, good to see you. What is happening with Flamengo? Boa, perdemos a final. Final semana triste para nós. We lost in the finals, and uh, it was a very sad week for us. Well, I'm sorry. Well, you you, uh, you like Chelsea, and Chelsea are doing very well right now. So at least you have Chelsea to support. Sim, sim. Chelsea deve estar jogando até agora, mas graças a Deus a gente tem uma alegria do outro lado. Yeah, you have to have like some happiness in the other side. Right? <laughs> how how do you take sports losses? Like, do you handle them pretty well when your team loses, or is it something that eats at you for three weeks? No, no, I, I completely understand, right? Like, I'm a, an athlete too, so I take that perfectly. Um, I just, just suffer for that day. That's it. Jose, do you, do you still go to the games? Same, same. Yes. And how is that? Because I imagine sports fans would, would know how you are. So do you have a special place or are you in the stands with uh, your scarf and a flag? No, yeah, usually on the stands, they already know um, that, uh, that I'm there like to support Flamengo. And uh, so they are there with me. We are there with the same uh, goal and uh, cheering for Flamengo. So I think that it's okay. It was difficult when uh, I went to these finals where um, it was in a different country. So not everyone knew that I would be there. So it was kind of crazy, like all the fans reaching out and everything on the stands, but it's fun. Is the response positive? Because I know those fans can get pretty aggressive, but uh, even opposing fans treat you well? 
cena, tudo. Yeah, it's always, always good. Like, they usually stop me, take pictures with me. They respect me a lot. And uh, did you play when you were younger? And if you did, uh, were you a good player? Mas era bom? Muito bom até hoje. <laughs> he's saying that uh, he he not only played, um, his, his dream was to be a soccer player. And I asked him, like, are, are you... Were you good? And he was like, I'm good to this day. Like He's very good, like playing soccer. I'd like for the UFC to organize a USA versus the rest of the world soccer match. And I would love for Jose to be on that rest of the world team. I would like to be there as well. Oh, he has his own team, actually. He already, he already, like he has his team. Oh, well, can I come on the team then? I have a good left foot. You, Chad, Fabi. Oh, but they're all American. <laughs> yeah. he's, oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, he think that his team would be Faber, Chad Mendes, and uh, Aldo, and uh, who else? He wants to be in your team, he said. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We got there, Jim. We got there. I guess we should talk business, Jim. So I, I'll let you kick off with that. Well, I, I wanted to ask, too, one, one more question about this, because you said you wanted to do that. It was your dream. When did you realize that you wouldn't do that professionally and that you would fight? What was it that made that decision? Então, uh, so where the place I came from, like my hometown, is not known. It doesn't have like the statistics of uh, producing soccer players. It's a, a place of jiu-jitsu um, athletes. So when uh, I had the opportunity of competing in jiu-jitsu, that's when I decided, okay, this is where I'm going because of the opportunity. Um, I didn't have the opportunity as a soccer player from like where I came from. And you've looked so good in your last couple of fights. And we spoke before about, there was a, a period where you had lost a couple in a row. Did it do anything to your confidence? Was, was there a, any type of a, a thought process you went into uh, that, that shook you at all confidence wise? And what turned it around for you? So after the losses, your mind get, get so busy and so cloudy uh, and, um, I thought about different things, but I knew that I wanted to continue performing like in this high level. And uh, I spoke to my manager, my head coach, Dede, and uh, we knew that we had to bring some things new to the table and uh, that I needed to prepare better for these guys as I was getting older. And uh, that's what we did. I included boxing and uh, here I am. Can I ask you, is there... A, one or two things, Jose, that you can recommend to older gentlemen like myself and Jim, because you have taken a more difficult path by going to bantamweight and you've been fighting for so long. We want to know what kind of secrets we can use so so we can be at the highest level. I think that it's all about self-knowledge, right? Like when you get to know your body and... Uh, um, what you have to do like my my manager head coach he he's always told me that i was going to be better in bantamweight he always believed that i could do it in bantamweight so it was actually something natural i decided to follow his instructions and uh, and it happened and have you noticed in, in the 17 years that you've been fighting um there was it, i i loved watching you beat people's legs so badly for so many years And have you noticed that so many other fighters have kind of uh, taken a page out of that book? And, and how has it changed in the years that you've been fighting? 
Não, acho que é. Yeah, like the thing is, I've been performing like that in like all, all my kicks. Everybody, I was a target for such a long time, right? Like I was the champion for such a long time, and people start studying and uh, trying to do that and or trying to neutralize um, my game. And uh, what I did was just to move forward and try new things. So in that way, I would be better and I wouldn't be predictable. You mentioned earlier about uh, spending more time boxing. And I read an article about the Brazilian Navy boxing team, I think, that you had joined with. Can uh, You said about how positively that has influenced you both from a motivation and probably technical point of view, but I'd like to know more about why it's been so significant. Sim, porque, uh... It's so important because I'm always learning new things with them. But not only that, they're so welcoming and they're so warm. Like when I when I go there to train and uh, how supportive they are of me being here today and fighting like in this high level still. They are they're a great uh, part of this. And what are you expecting out of Rob Font? I mean, he's also looked really, really good lately. Um, and are you expecting him to want to stand with you or are you expecting him to want to uh, uh, take you down? What are you expecting him to want to do? Yeah, I always respect my opponents and uh, I respect him and his qualities, but I don't think that he can uh, get away. Like he cannot, he's going to go to his roots and to the way he wants to win this fight with in this stance. So I think that that's how he's going to take the fight. Jose, can you remember being in Rob Font's position where it's like your first main event, second main event, and you're fighting someone with, with a higher profile? Can you, can you imagine the kind of things he's having to go through whilst facing you? Sim, sim. I think that the eyeballs are turned to us right now. Like he's facing someone who's in this business for a long time, myself. So um, I know exactly how he, he feels. I, I think that since the moment that they scheduled this fight, that they told him, okay, you were fighting Jose Aldo, like he's been thinking, he cannot stop thinking about this. Sorry, Jim, I was just going to ask because it, it's been a while since Jose has fought in Brazil. And I've, I've been there and it's a spectacle. The fans go crazy. But I want to know whether there's there's any pros for Jose fighting outside of Brazil. Because I imagine for Rob, if he was in Brazil fighting you, it's a daunting prospect. But maybe there's a lot of pressure for, for you to, pre to prepare and perform when you're at home. Yeah, like if you think about my career, I was made here, right? Like everything that happened where I had so many great results. I'm, uh, I'm really proud of this country, of the United States. Uh, of course, when you fight in Brazil, we have all the fans, but I consider myself at home here too. And uh, John is right. Uh, th this is a, a, you're a very high profile fighter, uh, a legend. And so in your career, who is the first legendary fighter that you had to step into the cage against and how did you handle it mentally? Yeah, like that, that experience, I would definitely name uh, Uriah Faber. Uh, he was the champion at WEC at the time, and I was already dreaming about, about fighting him and getting that title. So, yeah, I, I experienced that feeling with him. And what was that feeling like compared to other fighters you had fought? 
Na época, eu era... I was so young. I think it was like my eighth fight, and uh, he he was, although he was W still WEC, he was famous at the time. So I remember experiencing this, like uh, being uh, excited about uh, fighting him. Well, I'm looking forward to this uh, main event very much. Uh, Aldo Rob Font, what a great fight this is! And uh, John, was there anything you wanted to ask before we let Jose go? I don't want to. Well, there's yeah, one thing actually. I've seen Jose wearing a a t-shirt with NFT on it, which is this the new space, which I'm still trying to understand myself. But I, I thought I'd ask uh, Jose, like, what is the NFT project that he has? Because uh, I'm excited to to learn more about this this new area. So yeah, I'm gonna talk like I'm teasing that right now. Like I'm going to talk about it like after the fight. Uh, after that win, I'm going to launch that. Just the last one, Jim. I've got a little funny story for Jose. So I was watching your film, Jose, a little while ago. And uh, congratulations, by the way. Wonderful to have uh, a film made about your life. I was in my uh, kitchen with my young daughter. She was around. And then three minutes in, there's a naked lady on my screen. And my daughter's here watching as well. I'm, I'm trying to close the uh, close the screen so she couldn't see i didn't realize it was gonna have everything that us men like to watch in in films but a uh, little funny one from me but again congratulations on having that thank you so much john thank you so much about and john just convinced me to now watch that movie so thank you for telling me <laughs> <laughs> jose thank you very much uh good luck on saturday night against rob font you're you're a legend and it's, it's always uh, amazing to watch you and it's just so great to finally get to meet you and talk to you thank you thank you john for everything thank you jim thank you so much bye thank you i'm fascinated by people that can speak two languages like that like i i just my mind doesn't grasp other languages like i've never been able to do it and uh, i'm always amazed by do you speak anything other than english i mean i i studied french uh, in like, we have called a levels so just before college so i did that a little bit of german a little bit of french but i can get by when i go to france but not like that like yeah i have to be really slow i'm actually going to go and see cyril gan uh, in a couple of weeks and I speak like, hello, how are you? Yeah. And then, I, then I'm like, oh, I wish I knew more. But yes, I'm afraid I share that with you as well. I, my mind just doesn't grasp it. And uh, anyway, before we go, what do you, it's funny you mentioned Gan. Um, what do you think him and Ngannou, uh, do you? I mean, I know you're, you, you know, it's maybe hard to make a pick, but what do, you, what do you think of that matchup? I mean, it's a great matchup. There's such a wonderful story attached to this in that both guys have gone through the doors of the same gym the same coach, Fernand Lopez, got uh, got Francis to a heavyweight title shot within like three years of him doing the sport, Jim. And Ganu doing the sport was a few years, got all the way through up to the very top. Okay, it didn't happen at that point. Needed to reconfigure some stuff. But he's got a very complex story from, as well documented, from coming over from from um, Cameroon all the way to, to Europe. But it, that's just sort of part of it. Speaking with Ngannou, he talks about like how he was so very alone. And so when he's had this fast rise, he never had a great circle of friends, a big support system to help him even get through the normal interactions that we would have as humans that are, you know, going through stuff. He was homeless a few years before. So 
it all came very fast for him. But now uh, it's wonderful to see what he's gone on to accomplish since. And he seems a lot happier. But on the other side, Fernandez now crafted this other this other kickboxer type in Cyril Gann. Very different personality type. Really fun guy to be around. And they're different styles. You know, you have a very powerful guy against a light footed guy with very technical ability who seems to be very disciplined. And I think that's going to be key because there could be some emotions flying around. It's developing already. So we'll see how that one plays out. But really exciting. And it's great to see people from international spots in the world, right, competing for one of the most coveted titles in mixed martial arts. Yeah, and a lot of people are, are taking Cyril Gunn on this fight. Uh, I'm taking Francis. Uh, you know, watching him against Stipe in that second fight, when, he, when you knew Stipe was going to have a long night, when he sprawled, when Francis sprawled backwards, and, and you're like, oh, he really you know, like a lot of big guys don't necessarily work on the things because again, they can knock you out with one punch. And when he sprawled like that and Stipe's going down away, it didn't help keep and gone away from him. You're like, oh, he's definitely improving every fight. Yeah, and what confused me about that was was analyzing the Rosenstreich fights to then the Stipe fight, the second Stipe fight. Because I got to say, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but the way that Francis won that Rosenstreich fight looked horrible. Like his yeah. chin was in the air. It was yeah. it almost looked a bit reckless. Like a blitzkrieg almost. It was. And I, but then you look, it was a few months apart. The Stipe fight was perfect, but like technically perfect. You can see the strategy was executed exactly how they wanted it as well. And I spoke with Walt Harris just before that fight and, and he'd been working out with Francis down at the gym and he was telling me how his his wrestling's in, improved him tremendously and when he puts it together he he looks brilliant in all areas so if he can make those kind of improvements in that short time is is pretty darn scary how he's going to look in January yeah well thank you John really good hanging with you I really appreciate thanks it thanks for having me on and uh, of course thanks to Rob Font and, and just the, the great Jose Aldo and uh, we'll talk to you again soon John I really appreciate your your time today and it was so good hanging with you yeah, well, if I don't speak to you before, have a great Christmas and always enjoy the fights. You too, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All the best.